Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I am so excited to be here for the conclusion of our fifth season of the Thank You For Coming Out podcast. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You For Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it. And it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little bit different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising... We talk about them. And today is a particularly uh, interesting and special episode. And I say that uh, modestly because Bobby is here with me and uh, Bobby's going to be interviewing me. Bobby. Wow. It's so weird to be on this side of the Zoom. <laughs> Usually I, I am the person behind the curtain just turning all the knobs. I know, but I love when you're front and center. Well, I love you being front and center because I think that uh, gets it's so not often we get to see you in the in the proverbial hot seat. Yeah. Uh, sharing the way that you get other folks to share all the time. Yeah, that's true. I do love the opportunity. I do try to share during episodes, but um, I also try to be mindful of how much space I'm taking up. So to to be in the hot seat, quote unquote, uh, I'm ready for it. Oh, I feel it. Well, first <laughs> off, congratulations, cheers, buddy, on five seasons. <laughs> Thank you. And to you too. I this is it's so incredible that we've been doing this for, for this long. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's been so wonderful to like have all these conversations, capture and have all these stories um that exist as this sort of like living artifact museum on your Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that you can go back and and hear stories of, from queer people of all generations and different localities and cultures. And I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool too. And um, I haven't done this yet, but I'm really, I'm really kind of um, intrigued by and excited by the fact that the podcast started in 2020. 19, I think it was. And that was before I started testosterone, um, before I became sober. And so through connecting with other people, I also get to like explore my own sense of self, but also that journey is recorded. And so my voice changing and the ways that I see myself and, and hold myself and discover myself, it's all captured in these five seasons um and all all within community of other people and i think it's just it's incredible how lucky wow, wow. i didn't like think of it that way and it's it's crazy because it's like in a way you know each individual episode is like you holding space for someone and in a way like they've all been collectively over these five seasons like holding space for you yeah absolutely i've definitely <laughs> i think this was in season four but i like discovered a part of my own sexuality like in the moment it was with Alison Cochran um about being demisexual and it just was like it dawned on me during the episode and like how special is that 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 we get to have these that I get to have you we all get to be in these conversations uh it's and and being held in that way is so cool yeah and I think that you know you're so good. Like you said, you, you bring your own journey to the story as well. And like, like you said, you're careful not to take up too much space, but um, your experience also becomes part of the story. Um, and I think that like inspires a lot of people to share more and push themselves more. And I think you're sharing, you sharing your growth um, has always inspired me. And I think have being able to see that throughout the podcast is such a cool artifact to have. Um, but with that in mind, mm -hmm. it was been on our last season on season five. And we go back, we hop back in the timeline to the point of the journey, just at the start of the season, this season, back in April. How has dubs changed throughout the course of season five from back then until now? Yeah, I was I'm thinking about this. We kind of cheated and talked about questions beforehand, and I don't ever really do that with guests. Um, but... I think that 
since the beginning of season five. So we launched the first episode was the end of April. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this story with, uh, answer this question with a, a, a short story, um, I think okay. is maybe the best way. Um, and I was at a dinner um, a few weeks ago and a new friend who I never met before, also a trans person, we were having a conversation and we're kind of going back and forth around just like, what do we do? And um that kind of thing. And at some point, somehow, uh, he misgenders me um, using he, him pronouns. And I said, actually, my pronouns are they, them. I'm non-binary, genderqueer. And he looked at me and he looked at me as if he was like really reading me and was like, you know what? That makes sense. I can see your feminine energy. And so that makes sense. And that did not sit right with me. It's not someone else's job to tell me what energies I have. <laughs> um, and especially coming from another trans person, it really threw me for a loop. And so I responded with, and I responded with a face that then um, had him then follow up with, do you know what I mean? And I said, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Can you help me understand what you mean by that? And he couldn't answer it because he, it was an unfounded comment. Um, and so I, I excused myself from the table and I feel like in years past that would have, um, really taken me out for a long time because I, there's nothing wrong with feminine energy. Um, I don't think I exude it and I have a lot of like dysphoria around being thought of as someone who is feminine and as a woman. And so, um, for a long time that would really trigger me and really make me feel uncomfortable and upset and dysphoric. And really, as I was driving home, I was thinking about it and that actually wasn't what I was, I was thinking more about like, how could another trans person say that to me? And also I was actually focusing on how it wasn't bothering me. And I was like, wow, I've really grown to where like, this isn't taking me out. Like I can notice it. I can hate it and then I can move on from it. And that to me um, was like a really huge, like explicit moment of growth for me that I was tangible. And um, I think this is in part due to um, being in conversation with other queer people and getting to hear all of these other experiences and stories um, and, you know, me getting to, be part of those stories helps me um, grow armor. I don't know if I love that metaphor, but we all know what I mean and um, helps me process and uh, digest things that happen in a different way that I think has been really helpful. Yeah, I think there's something so special about hearing queer people in conversation. Like, I just think like what's so beautiful, like getting able to observe and listen in on like a, like a little fly on the wall and all these conversations for me, yeah. like back recordings and editing it all together. Uh, there's like a little like magic that happens in the room. And like, there is like this really wonderful connection that happens. Um, and uh, you know, I, I always, I tend to text you after I'm, while I'm listening to like, you know, cause sometimes I can't be on the, a lot of times I can't be on the recordings and you're recording live, like recording the actual interview. So I'm listening to them later. Um, and I'll text you like, wow, this episode was like sparkling. It like popped off the, popped out of the AirPods or whatever. Um, so I'd love to hear some of your favorite or moments like that, that you recall from this last season. Yeah, I think, um, and I think this is like actually going to contrast than me having this conversation with this trans person at this dinner was because I feel like most of the time when I get that text from you, it's, it's because I was just in conversation with another trans person because, uh, so this season I'm thinking, I, I actually had a lot of conversations with different trans people, but the two that are coming up for me were, uh, with Sage and with Miles. And, um, I'm, I think, I'm pretty sure in both of those episodes, I had to like stop the conversation to be like, 
this is magic. Like, I just like, I have to name it in the moment because it just feels, it, I, there's really just no other word for it besides magic, magical. Um, feeling so seen and understood, understood and heard and um, held um, is, it's an experience that I wish every single human has access to because there's nothing like it. Where do you think that comes from? Like, why? I don't know. Like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think. Obviously, we see ourselves and we see shared experiences, and like, we recognize fellow travelers on our roads or whatever um, all the time. But like, it feels different in this space and in this context. And I wonder if you, if there's anything you think about this particular space that um, engenders that magic a little bit more, that makes it a little bit more sac- of a sacred space to practice it. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times queer people are taught that our stories aren't worthy, that they don't matter. Um, And this space, this podcast um, is an explicit space meant to share and celebrate our stories. And so when we have that opportunity to be listened to uninterrupted, to be, you know, have someone interested and ask follow-up questions. Um, it might seem like something simple, but it's, it is, you know, unfortunately, even though we're in 2023, almost 2024, it's rare to have like real, authentic, genuine, queer and trans stories and representation. And so, um, to be able to share share our stories and our vulnerabilities with someone else who also in some way, shape or form can um, see themselves in those stories uh, creates a sense of belonging that is, is um, crucial for our humanity. Um, yeah, I think, I think that might be it. Yeah. You know, I'm jumping around a bit and how we... That's <laughs> so, great. Because I, I think like, you. You know, it, it just so naturally, you know, you're talking about, you know, recognizing and uninterrupting and, and witnessing and all of those things. Um, you know, something I appreciate about working with you is you're so intentional about how you set up the space and the kind of space you want to create to have these conversations in. Um, and that's a lot of the conversations that we have sometimes is like, are we honoring that? How can we, you know, make sure they were staying consistent with it? Um, but I think your vision there is really beautiful and has been really inspiring. And if you, I, I'd love to hear you like articulate it a little bit. Thank you. Um, I think I, I think I share this maybe regularly. Um, or maybe not. You know what? I actually share it more when I'm doing like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging trainings um, around this idea of that um, it's really scary to come out to somebody because we don't know how they're going to react. Um, and there have been so many moments in my life where I just wasn't sure how the other person on the other end of that conversation was going to react to anything that I was disclosing, whether it was around you know any part of my identity or um, something to do with my professional life or, you know, it didn't, doesn't necessarily have to be around gender and sexuality. Um, but I have learned and through teaching and through facilitating, uh, like, you know, even outside of the space, the power of holding space in a way that makes people feel, uh, like they can trust me, um, and that they can get a, just a little bit uncomfortable because, so much learning happens in the discomfort and in pushing ourselves to talk about things, experience things, learn things that we're not, that don't feel safe, that don't feel comfortable. Um, Because when we don't push ourselves, we don't grow. And so it's really important to me that when I am someone who, when I am the person holding space, that anyone who is in that space feels like they can share whatever it is they need to share and feel that I'm not going to judge them. Um, and there have definitely have been moments on this season and in past seasons where I have had to sit up in a way where I'm like, I really want to say something, but this is not the space to say it in. Um, you know, if it has to do with 
um, cult, like differences in cultures or differences in um, how, you know, someone talks about how they were received when they came out or, you know, all of these different things where, you know, I have a sense of, of, um, sometimes my sense isn't sense for other people, meaning just because I think something is the right way, or if I think that my, uh, way of doing something is the right way, doesn't necessarily mean that that's correct for other people. And, I feel like outside outside of this particular medium and maybe also when I'm teaching, um, it's so much easier to push back on people and to push buttons and to um, question things. And I very intentionally toe that line very carefully in this space because I don't want to turn off my guest and I want to make sure that they still feel held and seen and not judged um i feel like i'm i'm trying so hard to like encapsulate all of the pieces and i feel like now maybe i'm rambling a little bit um but like right like clashes of culture clashes of religion it's not my job to say that my religion is right and yours is wrong or my the way that my culture does something is right and yours is wrong and so even though i'm feeling and i think this is a lesson not i think I know this is a lesson that I take with me when I teach and when I'm having conversations with other people of like checking myself before saying something that could, that could be harmful. And it's like, why am I, why am I talking? Is, do I need to be ask, like pushing this thing or is it because I just want to get my, my point across because I want to hear my voice. Um, and I've worked really, really hard in this space and outside of this space to make sure that I'm being as careful as I can. Wow, I mean, like, and that loops back to the story you shared earlier. I mean, like the idea of being able to not meet a challenging idea or emotion with resistance and instead being able to like, just receive it. Mm -hmm. um, wow, like that's like not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nice work, you can get it. I mean, it sounds fun. <laughs> nice thing to aspire to. Right, uh, right. Definitely, I mean, like, I, you can see how those things are connected, being able to like, you know, we all have such an impulse to resist any kind of discomfort. Um, and unfortunately, it, like sometimes folks that resistance is violent or hateful and sometimes it's uncomfortable or just disrespectful or sometimes it's, you know, apathetic or whatever. Um, but being able to truly receive it, I think is a huge step. And it's, it's interesting to see it play out as your friend and it's like, and working on the podcast, seeing it both, like you said, like on air and off. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's um I was just going to say something and now I forgot. Um oh, part of like the resi like the resilience and the kind of like I feel and I would be curious your experience with this as as a queer person, but for me I'm thinking as like as a trans person who's like changed their name, changed their pronouns, um, you know, goes between different words that I use to define myself. Um, when I, when the, when I am in situations where I'm being misgendered or dead named or parts of my identity are questioned, it's like, I've had, I've had more than a decade of experience and practice having to like receive things, whether I like it or not. Um, and it's, and I don't, I don't wish that upon anybody. It's miserable. Uh, and like kind of a silver lining from it. Um, is kind of building the tools and the and the resilience of just because you're saying I have feminine energy doesn't mean I have to receive it and doesn't mean I have to internalize it. I can reflect it back to you and I don't have to deal with it. And like it sounds maybe simple, but it is decades long work that is I, never ending. <laughs> I It's so, you know, I've been honestly a feeling, you know, we often find ourselves on a similar just like psychic wavelength somehow. Mm -hmm. um, like in like general vibe and energy. Um, and I do feel like I have been um, like responding to challenges and things like that with much more of an energy that I like to liken to Dakota Johnson on Ellen, just being like, actually, Ellen, that's not the truth. Like mm -hmm. you can say what you want, but actually like, that's not the truth. It's not actually how it works. It's not what I believe. It's not what I'm signing up for. Sorry. And that's just the energy is very much so like, actually, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. um, it feels very liberating. 
It really is. Um, and I, you know, I, and I wish that for people too, to not internalize, uh, kind of these outside, um, influences because of course we, uh, yeah, I'll speak for my, I can only speak for myself outside, um, influences matter to me. Like they, how I am reflected and how I am received and how, um, I fit in and belong in certain places. All of those things matter, but it's like parsing out the the being reflected in ways that I wish to be reflected, and then you know refract. I don't know science refracting the other like <laughs> pieces of like I know you know what this does not serve me. Thank you. Goodbye. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more you know, we talk about you know we've talked about this before too. Like that queerness kind of like enables you to see more broadly those options and opportunities and therefore like be able to have a sense for like what's real and what's not. Cause there's a sense of discovery and curiosity and play and ingenuity um, to be able to survive, but also that like allows for diverse experiences and, and the more diverse experiences someone has, the more connections their little brain has in the neural pathways and so on and so forth. And I think it leads to a richer life overall. Absolutely. Um, so it's, yeah. And I think that's like beautiful that we get to like share that. And plus our guests are not just, you know, uh, amazing queer people. They are also mostly talented artists, hugely in writers, artists, poets, designers. I mean, the list goes on and on actors and actresses, singers, um, and speaking of singers, mm -hmm. uh, one of the many highlights of the season is we did get to do a live show, um, which we like to try now that, you know, we did, you know, after pandemic, trying to get the, the I shouldn't say after pandemic, uh, what I mean is after, since after our list level of pandemic, um, we, it's been exciting to get some more people together responsibly um, mm -hmm. for events. And we got to have some pretty exciting guests for this event. And one that ended up being in its own way, much like improv, a one night only had to be there to catch it performance. Yeah, we had a, a live show a few weeks ago uh, featuring Eva Rain, uh, my friend Carmen Labou, uh, kind of ran the, the trivia raffle, which was amazing. Um, and my friend Jason Bernard did some, uh, like, I don't know, the custom dances aren't, isn't the right word, but like, uh, choreographed specific, unique dances, uh, for our, our viewers. Uh, and then my buddies, uh, Lauren Patton and Jeffrey Kidwell, who are both Broadway singers, uh, graced us with their Broadway voices and with, uh, with Andre Catrini, uh, on the keys. And it was it was so beautiful, like the internet, Bobby, this was your, your joke, but I'm going to say it, but this is your credit. The internet couldn't handle it. <laughs> and so the, that, the, the song portion didn't make it um, into the episode, but I'm, I will tell everyone about it because it was gorgeous. So they sang um, the joke by Brandy Carlisle. And then it like it it faded into true colors, and we invited everyone in the room to sing with us. But the original idea was they were just going to do true colors, and so I went to um, their rehearsal, and Jeff was like, I was also kind of thinking maybe the joke, and so I I was kind of as the producer and like the ultimate decision maker. I was like, I don't know, like in my mind, I was kind of really into the true colors because it's like so gay in like the best way. Um, and it's like the, the vibe of it is um, it's not necessarily upbeat, but it's more upbeat than the joke by Brandy Carlisle. And so um, they both, so Jeff and Lauren and Andre were like, why don't we just, we sing both and then you can choose. And so they sang the joke and it just, I'm, I I recorded it and so I listened to it sometimes. It was unfucking believable. Them like, and we were in a living room, so it was like their two voices just like booming. Um, and then they did True Colors, and I just was sitting there, and I this is this is this is like a side note to this, but 
I've had to learn as a producer um, and as just as a human being to trust my gut and to trust my instincts. Um, and that's really hard to do. It's really hard to like know, like I actually do know what I'm talking about. I, I, I know things. So I was sitting there and I was, I, I was like, I want both, but I got to figure it out. And I was like, what if you did the joke? And then somehow Andre, you like play the piano and like into the chorus of true colors. Um, and they were like, oh my God. And then Lauren was like, what about like, while Andre's like changing the keys and fixing it up, that's when you like riff and thank everybody. Uh, I was like, that's perfect. And that's what ended up happening. And um, it just was so, uh, I feel like people are a little timid to sing along with everybody, but eventually they did it. Um, but so that moment was, I was proud of myself for like, figuring it out and trusting myself to say the thing plus trusting that these you know tony winning you know uh, you know who am i to tell these people how to do their job uh but received my you know my wondering um and just helped build it to be even more spectacular um so that moment is a uh, both that moment in the rehearsal and then you know on stage uh it'll, it'll live rent free in a good way forever <laughs> it was like um those old i'm gonna date myself here i think it was magnavox commercials where it was mm. like the person was sitting in the chair just being like blown away by the sound oh my god yeah um, they literally like blew the roof off that place and again like as like the audio editor at the end like it was it wasn't so fun at the back end to listen to it <laughs> that night in person like truly like, the, the the equipment we had could not handle it um but it was so powerful and it was such a treat i mean like you know, to see like actors of that caliber, like in a little tiny space on a Sunday night, like amongst the queer cuties and friends um, was really special. Yeah, it really was special. And I mean, and both of those people, by the way, I met through social media, inviting them to do thank you for coming out. <laughs> like the the community that has that I have built for myself, I'm just going to talk for myself, has, is like, this sounds gross, but like paying dividends for like, and you know, some of these people are my best friends. Um, and it's all, all because I wanted to create a space for queer people to share their stories. And it's just, it is so fucking cool to bear witness to. And it's like, sometimes it's almost like I'm, like I'm out, like it's an out-of-body experience sometimes. It's like, I can't believe this is something that I started and that people believe in and want to be part of. Do you remember, Bobby, you and Jess Ann and David came over to do a like brainstorming, um, heart storming, you know, things for thank you for coming out. And I like stopped us in the middle and I was like, why are you here? <laughs> like, why do you like me? <laughs> why do you believe? And like, you all were just like, so because it's, um, Sometimes it feels unbelievable to have people outside yourself believe in you and care about you and want you to succeed and and believe in the thing that you're building. It just was a moment of that also lives rent free in my brain forever that the way that you all held me and showed up for me and continue to show up for me um, is so fucking lucky. I'm so grateful. I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> well, there's so much to be excited about though. You know, we, like that also like, you know, not to mention you also get to make friends and you also get to like reach out to like some of like your faves and get to have some conversations. We've had some killer ones over the years. Mm -hmm. Who like from this season were you like really excited to talk to? Yeah, I mean I was excited uh well for everyone, of course. Of course. Um Sammy Ray um was very excited to talk to them. They are uh, a musician who um, like stumble, I stumbled upon them. Same with Ellen Winter, actually. Um, and my like Spotify is like, you like this, you'll like this. And I was like, not only do I like this, I love this. And can these people come on my podcast? And they did. Um, and then when I, I was excited to talk to Brian Derrick, because I think he's hot and I have a crush on him. Uh, but also he's really smart. Let's talk about his brains. But um 
he's also a queer Jew from Ohio, which is like my sweet spot. Uh, yeah. But um, Lauren Gilbo, um, I saw her on um, shoot with that therapy show. I can't remember what it's called now. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, couples therapy. Yeah, 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 couples therapy. That's right. Um, and I slid into her DMs and was like, "I'm going to be in LA. Want to get coffee?" And she was like, "Yeah." Um, and so then we became friends. Um, and then, so I was excited to have her come on the podcast and like share, share more about her experiences. But yeah, it's just, um, it's just every, every conversation is so magical that like everyone is like, Ooh, and then with Brit also Brit Cheetah. Um, yeah, that was exciting that we got Brit because I know we tried to have Brit as a guest before. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, um, they came on, um, two seasons ago, maybe. And, um, we recorded it and there was a lot of, um, <clears throat> they had a lot of questions, which is of course was happy to answer. And then when we were done recording, maybe I'm not, I don't remember the time frame exactly, but they reached back out to me and they were like, you know what? can you not air it? And like, they felt really bad about it. And without hesitation, I was like, of course, like that is like, I wanted people to hear our conversation. I was thrilled and tickled beyond words to have them on the podcast. They're an, uh, an artist that I've been admiring for a long time. Um, but this kind of, you know, kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, my goal is for people to feel safe and comfortable and seen and held. And if someone doesn't feel safe or comfortable having, you know, their, their story out there, then it's not going to be out there. And, you know, we've, we've put episodes up and then you've, you've had to take them down too, because people are like, you know what? I don't want this in the public. Or, or go back and edit something out or right. like change something after the fact. And honestly, it's fine. And like I said, the person who like goes back into the file, downloads it, it's not that big of a deal. Like every, it doesn't take that much to accommodate people in this way to make them like to do that. The effort it takes to extend is so much worth the damage it could help prevent. Um, and we're never going to be in a position where like content or whatever is so important. We have to like make a deadline that we have. That's like, that's insane. It's just like, and it's unnecessary. And I think, you know, you're so good at always like giving like a cute little orientation to our guests. When they <laughs> yes. <laughs> it down. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that is also like time like, hey, if you get through this and hate this whole thing, we'll just throw it away. Like we don't care. Like it's totally okay. Like you get no hard feelings. We'll move on. Like you can feel good. Cause I mean, we both from like a comedy point of view and from like our expertise point of view, been guests on podcasts before. And sometimes you, you don't, you black out. You don't remember what you just said the whole time you walk out of the room. You're like, oh boy. How did that go? And you have no idea. No one sends it to you. No one makes sure that you're happy with it. No one. And it goes up. And if you do, if you don't like how you sound, you likely don't have much of a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like not how we want to roll at all. And it turns out it's not hard. It actually doesn't make it that much more difficult. And it's the kind of thing more people should be comfortable doing. And I think the benefit is we get more honest answers. People know that, you know, if they do regret it, if that something comes out and they're too, they, they can let their guard down. And if, they regret it you know we honor that yeah absolutely um yeah i have nothing to add to that that was exactly right that's exactly what i would say <laughs> oh i love when we're on the same wavelength <laughs> me too so good were there any big surprises for you is there something that like either like a, something that was unexpected like an unexpected answer or something that kind of like flipped your worldview was unexpected or a moment like that <sighs> Um, I'm trying to think and I don't know if I've had any necessarily, um, world views flipped per se. Um, but something that that's coming up for me is um so i was very excited to speak with miles barrero um who wrote a book um and it's called the beautiful Mo a beautiful a beautiful monster um 
No, not even A, just beautiful monster. Sorry, Miles. Um, and it's this, it's his story of um, growing up and, you know, finding his identity. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing this any justice because the way that Miles speaks and writes is absolutely gorgeous. And it is. Uh, actually, Lauren um, is Lauren and Miles are best friends, and Lauren was saying it's like poetry. This was before I read it, and then I was kind of thinking in, to myself, I was like, I don't know that I like love poetry. I like like poetry's fine, but I don't want to read a whole like thing about it. And so, but but I wanted to read this book, and it's not poetry, but it's not not poetry. Like the way that they write is so gorgeous, and it's um it's full of imagery and feeling. It just was, it was incredible. Um, and he talks about uh, like this idea of feeling homesick for himself. And that was something that just absolutely resonated and stuck with me um, because I've tried to explain and describe before, like what it means to like feel at home in my own body um, and like when people would ask, like, how did I know that I needed to have top surgery or how did I know hormone therapy, right? All of these things. How did I know? And I never really knew how to explain it. But then Miles was like, it was like feeling homesick for a body. I, and it's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like, I know it. It's this, it, what is, what does being homesick even mean? Right. You like, you long for a place where you are, where you belong, where you feel loved and warm and healthy and safe and um and so being homesick doesn't have to be for a a physical you know building of a house it can be for people um and in this case the idea of being homesick for oneself um was mind-blowing to me yeah i love that there's um one of my favorite words I ever learned is a Portuguese word called saudade, and I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, but it's almost like it's a word that there's no English equivalent for. It's like a uniquely Portuguese word that's like um, like an aching nostalgia. You know, mm. it's, like, it's like how it was described to me. It's sort of like you miss someone so much because you love them so much. And it's like, oh, I wish we could be together right now. Like, it's like it reminds me of that same that it's like a longing of love, you know, like it's like a, there's, a, there's something to it. And it reminds you of like a same kind of like a similar sort of concept. Yeah. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of, that's, I think, you know, some really good advice. I just feel like there's like really good, like takeaways from these like episodes. I hear like, there's always like so much stuff that, you know, ends up like hitting hard. And I always feel like there's something you need to hear at just the right moment, like a little bit, a little bit of medicine, um, so I'm wondering, like, looking back at the season, like, what are, like, little bits of, of good medicine you're going to take with you? I think it um, it's actually back to season one um, in my conversation with Brian. Because Brian does a, an, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, episode one. Sorry. Season five, episode one. Um, it's, it's almost time for me to eat some latkes. It's the last night of Hanukkah. Um, but so, yes, yeah, season five, episode one. Um, so Brian does a lot of work in politics. I mean, that's what he does. And he founded an organization called Oath. And um, so he is he is one of those people I called him, like how, you know, Mr. Rogers is like, look for the helpers uh, in, in, in times of distress. And so I've always looked to Brian um, for kind of like the read on what's happening in our democracy and the read what's happening in our political landscape. Um, and the three kind of, tips or advice that he gave um, when we feel, when people are feeling overwhelmed or distraught or are stuck doom scrolling um, is to practice self-care, um, to do something, to do anything, but do something concrete. Um, and also to make sure to acknowledge the wins. Uh, Cause I think sometimes we can get stuck in those loops of like this, this anti-trans bill just, you know, got introduced in this one and, and we don't, um, necessarily make room for the positive. And so hearing those three kind of tips 
were was really helpful and i i also kind of think that they're helpful outside of politics as well just like what do we do to take care of ourselves and like what's the concrete thing we can do to show up for ourselves and acknowledging our wins acknowledging our successes kind of like i did earlier when i was like i grew and i'm like didn't let this thing like take me down and we i as a society i feel like most of us don't take enough time to really celebrate our ourselves and our growth and our wins and i think it's really important to do that oh i love that i love that me too what do you I, i'm gonna go out now i'm gonna throw a curveball at you uh, okay <laughs> what do, what are your hopes for season six what do you want the podcast to do in season six what do you want to see what do you want to accomplish yeah all right so here's some here's some hopes we're going to manifest this now me you, Bobby, everyone who's listening. Um, so this season five was kind of short and we were talking about that earlier. There's like, I think there was like maybe 13 episodes, which is half of what they normally are. Like so, a Netflix season versus like I say by the bell season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'd like to get back on a, a more regular schedule uh, with recording episodes. Um, I you and I have, we, we tried to manifest this. We talked about it years ago of like a TV show or like a YouTube show or like some kind of something where like this, just this idea, this concept gets out to more people. So maybe it's either more listeners, more platforms, whatever that could look like. We're here for it. I'm here for it. You're here for, I'm assuming you're here for it, Bobby. I'm bringing you with me. Um, (laughs) um, and I think that I actually um, want to try to interview people of different generations than me more. I feel like a lot of times, most of most of my interviews are people in the same generation as me. Um, I've had a, a very small handful of people who are um, in the older generation. Um, and I'd like to hear more from my queer elders. Um, and then also what's the queer youth up to? <laughs> and I'd have to look into like parental consent and all that, but like, that's fine. We can do that. But I really want to try to expand the voices. Ooh. Who, yeah. Who are Exciting. here. Yeah. And then this is a silly, a silly kind of dream, especially because of all the heat that she um, brought upon herself, Drew Barrymore. I just, I just love her. And like, I think, are we, is she still canceled? Are we allowed to like, like her? Like, do I want to have her on the pot? Like, what's the deal, Bobby? Am I, what's well, going on? I don't know. I don't uh, think I get, I, I haven't, I don't, you don't have know. My, oh, no, I know. I, oh, I'm oh aware, okay. But I, I haven't um, checked like the current status of like, are we okay with Drew Barrymore? Okay. I, I don't know. Um, okay. I don't know. Um, but I do know that I love getting queer people's stories out to the maximum number of people possible. Yeah. And I think Drew Barrymore would be a great way to make that, to help make that happen. And in that regard, um, I'm for it. Yeah. I mean, as I long mean, as we're not crossing the picket line, I mean, yeah, I yeah, feel like, yeah. and which yes. it wouldn't be anymore. I have to yeah. like do some noodling on that. Um, but I will say, Bobby, we already have our season six guest like the premiere opening, whatever we want, like whatever inaugural <laughs> guest already booked. And I'm so excited about it. Uh, you could see me like, I'm like zooming off this zoom screen. Like that's how yeah. excited I am. Yeah. So, they're like an extreme close up right now. You guys, you should see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, because she is an incredible um, activist and light and author. And it's just going to be, I'm so excited about it. Yeah, and you're gonna have to tune in to find out who it is. Yes, and tune in. <laughs> <laughs> also, people should tell us if they want. They should DM us if they want other things to the podcast. We want to hear too. Tell us if you have folks have ideas or want to. Yeah, questions. Sure, we're we're between. See, now's the time. We're taking. Now's the time to uh, drop in the suggestion box. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to come on the podcast, let us know. Yeah, you don't have to be famous. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a Broadway actor Mm-mm. and that's yeah. why i love this podcast yeah. is because like, for everybody yeah. absolutely dubs i hate to do this mm. but it brings us to our landing route mm, classic <laughs> classic <laughs>
<laughs> I think you are aware of the rules here, um, yeah. but a bunch of rapid fire questions. You may recall they used to be yes, no questions, but then we were called in that those are too binary. And mm -hmm. so we have expanded them, though we'd still like them to be lightning-ish, uh, which, <laughs> so, which is a mix. Sometimes we'll see. Sometimes it's quicker than others. Let's see. But we're going to put you on your heels this time and see how you do in the lightning round, season five, with our fearless leader, Dubs. Here we go. I'm ready. What's the name of your superhero alter ego? What came to mind was trans boy, <laughs> which is like, whatever, but that's what came to mind. So <laughs> I love it though. Can I make one pitch? I know this yeah. is not how the lightning round works. Um, of course. Can we trans lad? I do like lad, as like a, right? Because it's all yeah. like, first of all let's bring back lad we also bring back lad as like a non-binary term i just think it's mm -hmm. a great word is this hanging there for the for the picking maybe like trans mass non-binary you know or however we want it but i think lad is and i love like lad tis i trans lad get that. trans lad yes i love it i'm here for it i love it okay Deal. excellent all right what <laughs> is your favorite place to think on a walk what's your favorite place to walk now that's tricky because around my neighborhood, around my neighborhood, it's stinky and loud because I'm in this like concrete Brooklyn. Um, I do. I like to walk in Prospect Park. Oh. I like to walk in nature. Just that's not in New York City. So like mountains, little mountains. I'm not a like hiker, but like chill mountains. Okay. A, little, yeah. a chill mountain. A hill. It, yeah. A hill. Yeah. More like a hill. <laughs> <laughs> who is an influential queer person who has impacted your life so many people god and i know these questions and i'm i still am not prepared um good lord so many people so little time. This is hard, Bobby. Well, maybe we should have tested these out sooner. I know. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I mean, the number of times where I've had people just stare at me for these Good. questions is many, and you've you've seen you've seen the footage. Um, okay, I I'm gonna say, and I feel like this is she's. It's been said, but I think Brandy Carlisle. And I think Brandy Carlisle, you know, among many, 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 many other queer people, but and or, I yeah, love deeply how she she's a community builder and she really respects her elders and like makes room and space for people who like I'm thinking of like Joni Mitchell and um god the country singer other country singer who i can't remember her name but she was like not performing and brandy's like you should perform and like got her back into the biz I, I, everyone's gonna be like groaning at me listening to this i can't think of her fucking name um but i'm not googling it because that's cheating but um anyways i just love that she uses that brandy uses her platform to uplift those around her and i i aspire to do that you do. Um, well, this might be related. A song that you can listen to on repeat forever. Uh, is actually unrelated. And it's Brave by Sarah Bareilles. And here's how I know this. It is my alarm clock that wakes me up every morning. So I, it wakes me up and I should hate it for waking me up. And instead I'm like, yay! <laughs> I get to hear my favorite that's a song scene from a movie. Like every morning, like say, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. The alarm, and you're like, ah, it's like every <laughs> single morning. I love that. Yeah, that's like a, it's like a 2000s, late 90s teen movie thing. I love it. I love that. It's um, pretty good. Well, a lot of states have proposed don't say gay bills. How do you say gay? Whoever thought of this question, so smart. <laughs> <laughs> It was Bobby, everybody. And I try I tried to take credit for it earlier. Not my finest moment. Um by just 
living my queer life, just hey. pushing for equity, pushing for justice, like letting my belly hair flow in the wind. Like that's like the gayest thing I could ever do. Majestic. Majestic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, again, where do you where do you find that joy? Where do you find joy? Oh, bagels, belly hair, the ocean, the beach, chill mountains, aka hills. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like being with friends who laugh at my jokes and I laugh at their jokes and like there's really nothing better than that. All right, last question and it is a binary we couldn't let it go and I think I know the answer but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Bagels or donuts. Could you imagine if I said donuts? I would slam the laptop shut and call the police. <laughs> I know. Uh it's it's bagels. Um <laughs> Yeah, obviously. It's obviously bagels cuz bagels are bagels. <laughs> they are delicious. Dubs, another season in the books. Another season. Congrats to you. Congrats to us and all of our guests and all of our wonderful listeners and all yeah. of the queer people of the world um, for which we will inherit eventually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just flashing back to when you invited me to the Gay City News or I guess it was Schnepp's media offices. Um, and I had no idea what to expect. And I also was like, we were like in that big conference room. And like those like big chairs. And I just remember being like, like it was a real Hollywood meeting. That's like, yeah, we want to make a TV program. You know what I mean? (laughs) It really felt like that. And when I met Paul, the editor, he was just like, okay, cool. And I was like, cool. (laughs) Like I had no idea what to expect, but what a, what a special moment. And so far we've both come and what a journey, what a treat. I love this podcast. I love every episode. I love every listener, every message we've gotten on the social medias that keep us going when we're like very stressed and tired and overwhelmed and doing our best. Uh, And we care for each other in that too. And so I love everything about it. And I'm so proud of yet another season in the books and excited for season six. Me too. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Dubs. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. Anytime. Thank you for coming out